on to week 15. We're finally past all of the bye weeks coming down the stretch. Rob, you ready for the home stretch of the NFL? Ready for it, man. We've been talking about it every single week, how it just keeps getting crazier every week, different scenarios, different situations. So you just never know where it's going to go. And, and this is another week of that. So just looking forward to it. Let's kick it off talking about a uh, pivotal matchup this week in the Lions and Jets. That's actually one where there's a lot of playoff scenarios attached to that for both conferences. And they're actually both sitting ninth in each conference, uh, respectively. The Jets is sitting there at seven and six. Um, just they lost the tiebreaker currently. They they do not have the tiebreaker over the Pats and Chargers, it looks like. So they're sitting at ninth in the conference. All three of those teams are seven and six. You got the Lions at six and seven, one of the hottest teams in the NFL. And just ahead of them are the Seahawks and Giants at seven and six and seven, five and one, respectively. We know the Giants play the Commanders this week. That's going to be another pivotal matchup for that wild card race. But Jets and Lions, I think you can make the argument that the loser of this game is essentially out of their playoff race. We know they're not eliminated, but we know they'll need a lot more to break their way than if they were to win. I think if the, the Jets have a much harder path than the Lions do, I think this is a bigger, I think the win is much bigger for the Jets than is the Lions. I think the NFC is so bad, uh, they could work their way in. But let's talk about this matchup a little bit. Let me get your thoughts just going into this weekend. Talk to me a little bit about uh, the state of these two teams. You follow the Jets closely as the Jets fan, but I know you have been uh, keeping up to date on the Lions with that matchup upcoming. Going to be a big one. Give me your thoughts on this game, uh, the state of the two teams, and uh, kind of where you see it shape, shaping up. Yeah, absolutely massive. I mean, just to start with the AFC side, um, the Jets win this game. There's a massive swing in the AFC East standings, especially because, um, well, I shouldn't say that. So the Dolphins play the Bills this week. So assuming that the Bills win, which – on paper, they should, but we just never know. Assuming the Bills win and the Patriots potentially lose or um, we just don't know with them either. They're very inconsistent as well as the Raiders who they're playing this week. If the Dolphins and the Patriots both lose, the Jets move into second in the AFC East. So they jump quite a few spots uh, if that happens. And and the Chargers are looking good as well right now, but obviously they're not going to catch up to the Chiefs. So they, they're definitely in that wild card conversation. Um and then if you look at the Lions, I mean, their path to to those the playoffs the rest of the year is not brutal. I mean, I think this week will mark their hardest game for the rest of the year. So going, going up against a really strong Jets defense um, and the Lions offense looks really good, too. So it's kind of clash of the Titans this week. Um, I guess mini Titans, if you want to say they're, they're not like the big, you know, the big bad guys of the NFL, but. Uh, this is massive. I would say, you know, to interject that, I, I would say it's two two franchises that, you know, have been in ruin that are really on the rise. Yeah. Like the Lions had, I thought, higher expectations than the Jets coming into this season, and now they're starting to live up to them. And then on the flip side of that, you see the Jets, like, finally having that breakthrough with their culture of there with Salah and really the number one defense in the league. Like, they, they've truly been – Unreal. Um, saw an interesting stat on them where they haven't allowed one EPA positive play in about uh, seven or eight weeks, which is which is really really uh, incredible when you think about it. But I just kind of wanted to interject with that because while they might it might not be a clash of the titans, this is two franchises with a 
very bright future that have historically lines more so than the jets historically struggled. Um, but the jets, we know you guys have had that, you know, five to seven year stint where it's, it's been a little dark, but I, I think that's the cool part is who could maybe have that breakthrough a year early. I don't think we thought either of these teams would make the playoffs this season. Now they got a shot to do it. So I think that's, that's an interesting angle on this is who's maybe a year early getting to the playoffs. Yeah. I would even go as far as saying, not five to seven years, but 10 years for the Jets. I mean, it's it, we have the longest running um, playoff drought out of any team in the NFL. So uh, it's been it's been a long time. So this mm -hmm. this is an extremely important week for us. Our road to the playoffs for the rest of the year is not particularly easy. Um, I would say the Lions right now are the are the scariest team. Honestly, like it, it yep. seems crazy to say that, but I think they won the last six or, or five of the last six or something like that. Uh, their offense is just cooking. I mean, they, they have probably the most underrated offense in the whole NFL. Um, and then, in my opinion, going up against the best defense in the AFC. So, again, like that clash head-to-head, -head, you, you, you're going to see if this is really defense wins championships or, or if this is an offensive league. And we've been saying it's an offensive league all year. Um, but I think when you put up the Jets' defense, it's a little bit different of a game. I mean, they've play, played out of their mind. They're shutting down. Um, high-end receivers. Stefan Diggs had an awful his worst game of the, the year last year. I think he had like three catches for 34 yards. Um, didn't get anything going, and they're they're just they're they're playing really well. And and the problem with with that, and I'm not gonna say it's a problem, but future problem if they don't make the playoffs this year and uh, try to make a run is they're not gonna be able to have all these studs on their their defense forever. So they're gonna have to make a move. Um, and it starts with this week versus the Lions, which I think is a massive game. Then you got the Jags next week. I think the, the the last four are winnable for the Jets. I think they have to win at least three to to give themselves a shot. They got to they got to finish with double digit wins, ten wins. Um, you get the win this week versus the Lions. That gives you huge momentum next week versus the Jags and then the Seahawks. And then I think it's probably going to come down to Week 18 versus the Dolphins in Miami. So really going to be an exciting four weeks for the Jets. And then the same thing for the Lions. They they have to really push. They're not going to catch the Vikings for the division title, but um, they could definitely make the playoffs as a wild card team. And and I honestly think the way the NFC has been this year, how and we've really talked down on them to be totally honest. The Lions could be a scary matchup for any team in the NFC to see in the playoffs, regardless of the round. I think they're mm -hmm. they're cooking right now. They're playing really well. Their offense is moving. Um, and they're playing with a lot of confidence. And I think that's a scary X factor um, trait to have when you're getting closer to the end of the year and into the playoffs. So massive game to start out. I'm glad we started with this game because I think it has a massive amount of playoff implications, both in the AFC and the NFC. Yeah, it absolutely does. And, you know, uh, the Lions have been a tough matchup for really almost anyone this year. Um, I think they had that two-game stand against Dallas and New England where they didn't really do anything. And that's two very tough defenses. We know those teams create a lot of pressure, um, and they were able to get to Goff and likely attack his weaknesses. So uh, we thought, like, maybe, okay, that's it for the Lions offense. They're, they're really going to be bad the rest of the year. But their offense kicked it back in, into gear, and the defense led with it. Saw an interesting tweet from Drew Davenport um, this week where it said from weeks one to seven, the Detroit Lions gave up the second most – uh, this is a fantasy stat, PPR points per game to running backs and the most uh, touchdowns and second most rush yards. Uh, we know those touchdowns, rush yards, are those aren't quite fantasy stats, but this was fantasy tweet for the sake of it. And then from weeks 8 to 14, they've given up the uh, 
fourth fewest rush yards and only three total touchdowns to opposing running backs. I'm saying that because um, we've seen the Lions actually fix a lot of their defensive issues. They were the worst defense in the league. Them and Seattle were both uh, the two worst defenses in the league. That's why that matchup was so fun when they played earlier in the year. But we've seen them resolve some of those issues, which is what you want to see out of your franchise. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how they attack uh, the Jets' running game. We know the Jets want to be able to run the ball, uh, get some easy looks down the field for Mike White. But I think it's really going to be a test on Mike White this week. I think a lot of this game hinges on him. I think the Jets' defense is going to slow down the Lions. Um, the Lions have a great offense, but I think the Jets defense is going to be able to make this game close. I think it comes down to can Mike White make the plays he needs to make against this pass defense. We know the pass defense can be exposed. you got Elijah Moore. He, he's got at least six targets in the last couple games. You've got Garrett Wilson, who is one of the top grade rookie wide receivers. Him and Olave look uh, amazing uh, in this rookie class. So he's got the weapons. Uh, to be able to attack this pass defense. And with that run defense getting stronger, uh, specifically against pass catching running backs that the Jets seem to have, uh, it's going to be interesting to see if he can be the one that kind of separates the Jets in this game. Uh, last thing I'll throw at you with this game is the Lions lead in fourth quarter points this year. However, what's interesting is that on the road this year, they average 5.6 fourth quarter points a game, at home 10.5. The Jets at home average 8.9 fourth quarter points, which is very interesting because that's actually third best in the NFL. I'm sorry, that's the Jets on the road. They average 6.2 at home, which is still top 10. So it's going to be interesting. Can the Jets keep it close? Can Mike White separate at the end? Because we know the Lions probably won't blow them out early. They seem to be solid early on with a good game script, and they're really, really good in the fourth quarter. Again, league leading. Um, uh, league leading points in the fourth quarter for the Lions. So I think that's going to be an interesting matchup on uh, where they're going to choose to attack. Are they able to attack where the Lions' weaknesses have been over the last few weeks as opposed to where it was earlier in the season? That's something I want to look out for as well. Any th other thoughts on this game? Not particularly. I would just say one thing to note is – when you look at the NFC, we've talked largely, you got the Eagles and the Cowboys and then everybody else. Mm -hmm. When you look at the Lions, they're third in the NFC, only 11 points behind the Cowboys uh, and points for, you know, points scored for the whole year. So, and that's mm -hmm. with putting up a donut against the Patriots uh, early on in the year. So they could very well be second, if not, you know, closer to that first first place in points four. So again, just back to my point before, I think they're a team that you don't want to see in the playoffs um, or you don't want to see your team playing in the playoffs. They've just, they've proven that they're good. They've given a lot of good teams, difficult matchups. So uh, I'm really curious to see how the jets kind of respond to this in, you know, in regards to where they are in the playoff hunt and uh, how important this game is. And I think they will be mentally ready. Uh, we'll just see if they can bring it. So I'm excited. And I may be going to the game, so we might have a first, uh, first, uh, first person view of that that matchup. So, looking forward Heck to yeah. it. Pretty sure our guys that line up for going to that game. We might just have a whole whole roster up crew. Uh, pregame pregame podcast. <laughs> That's it right there. Let's uh, let me get your thoughts on uh, the NFC South. I know we've talked about how pathetic this division is. The Buccaneers just didn't even show up um, in San Francisco this past week. Uh, truly, really a pathetic showing. I know that defense is that good, but. You know, we talked about it last week, Rob, where we still think the Bucs are going to win this division by default. But 
The issue here is how they won that game against the Saints was really two good drives with less than three, less than four minutes to go, and the offense looked absolutely pitiful for about 56 minutes. In this game, it was another pathetic showing. I mean, I, I, I'm going to kind of let you take with it. I mean, is there anyone else in this division that could creep up and surpass the Bucks? I mean, they they continue to look actually shakier than they did three weeks ago, I think. I know. It's crazy. And I'm looking at the points for it now. They're fourth in their own division for points on the year. Um, and it's not really by a close margin. <laughs> That's like, Can you just name off the quarterbacks? A.D. Dalton, Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill. And then you got Marcus Mariota, who's now being replaced with Des Ritter. And then yeah. you got what Baker, PJ Walker, and PJ Walker and Sam Darnold. Baker's in LA. That was a pretty interesting win last week. But um, yeah, it, it's it's awful. The fact that they're they're first in their division is is solely based on their defense, and their defense hasn't even been great either. I mean, shout out Brock Purdy, by the way. Uh, he looks good. Yeah, for Mister Irrelevant, he's absolutely relevant. Um, hung thirty five on on the the Bucks defense last week and, and they absolutely stomped them. So I think the 49ers are still in it. Just a little side nugget there. But um, yeah, I, I think you look at the NFC South, you look at the remaining people on the schedule. I'm not, I'm not really confident in the Bucks versus anybody right now, um, to be totally honest. And I don't think their schedule for the rest of the year is like very difficult. I think they go against the Bengals this week. You never know what you get out of the Bucks, but I think the Bengals are going to stomp them. Uh, I just personally, I, I think... Joe Burrow and, and the Bengals are too good. And they're also fighting for a division title. So um, they need to win that game, especially with the Ravens, uh, rest of their schedule, not strong at all. So I think Bengals win this week against the Bucks. Then the Bucks have the Kyler Murray list Cardinals, the Panthers and the Falcons. So it's really going to come down to the last two weeks of the year, whether the Panthers and the Falcons who are one game behind the Bucks right now can really um, push for that division title and, and a playoff spot. I mean, it's super close. It's, it's crazy to even think that the Saints could win the division and they're in fourth place, two games behind. But with the with the amount of craziness going on with with this division, I'm not. It's not that crazy of a take. I mean, there's just there's no consistency. Um, the whole offense just looks out of whack. Uh, I mean, Godwin looks like the most consistent receiver. Um, but everyone else just seems off. I mean, I saw a tweet last week. It was like the Bucks literally just look like Brady is like the Bucks every play. It's like Brady just picking on someone new to yell at, and that's what it looks like <laughs> when you watch on TV. It's like they're, they're constantly arguing. He's going after people. They're already talking about him leaving. Um, they asked him last week what his plans were after the year. He said, "I'm keeping all my pot, you know, keeping all my options open." To me, it sounds like based on everything he went through this offseason, I think he'll play another year. I don't see why not. He's good enough. Um, and to go on another contender and try to get another ring, that's kind of his MO right now. So I think I think Brady's gone after this year, to be totally honest. But this year right now, I think that, that division is so up in the air. Um, again, just goes back to my whole point this entire year. It's just like I just don't believe in the NFC at all. And I think these are four teams in the NFC South that have no shot in the playoffs, regardless if they get in, um, to make a run, at least. I think Brady always turns it up in the playoffs, but I still don't think they're going to win a game. I still don't think they're going to make a run at all. Um, you're kind of seeing a shift in the teams in the uh, in the NFC. And 
and that that's that's kind of my take on the NFC South. I, I think the Panthers could absolutely win. I think the Panthers are better than the Falcons. We'll see if Desmond Ritter can give the Falcons a little bit of a, a jolt of energy, but we don't know. So that's that's yet to be seen. And uh, regardless of what happens, I'm not worried about any of these four teams making a run in the postseason. So not sure where you're at. I know you're a big Bucks fan earlier in the year. Had to talk you down. Um, but uh, I'm staying true to, to what I said early on. Yeah, I mean, half the argument was just how bad the NFC South is. I, yeah, think, that's, I think that's actually no longer half the argument. I think that's about 98% of the argument <laughs> is how bad the NFC South is. Uh, I was actually uh, looking at some stats on Brady, and uh, can you guess where he is in terms of uh, passing leaders this year, overall yards? Give me a guess. Uh, I'd say 14th. 14th? 4th. 4th? 4th. That's insane. The fact fourth. that they're, they're only, they've only scored 224 points on the year and he's 4th in passing. That is absolutely insane. Yep. The yep. only team that has scored less points than them is the, uh, the Rams. Or you know, can't even get into that conversation. So, yeah, we should, <laughs> please, we'll leave that to Jared Chover. Uh, shout out, shout out our, our resident Rams podcast. <laughs> um, you know what, what's what's crazy about that is you, you know midway through the season we were talking about red zone touchdown efficiency and the Bucks were bottom three in the league and dead last over like three weeks span. I think it was like weeks five through seven or something, and they slightly improved. So those couple weeks where we thought okay here come the bucks and then they totally they started just scoring touchdowns and we talked about that last week where the play calling is just like what are they doing like they're just handing it off up the middle there's not a ton of creativity going on and we know they're way too talented like i know they've you know they're had loaded. some offensive line yeah there's i mean you got godwin you got mike evans like these dudes are still good you got fournette rashad white in the backfield um, you know, they've got plenty of talent and the offensive line, I think has been better than we thought coming into the season. Cause they did have some injuries, uh, lose their center to retirement. And I, I mean, if that touchdown percentage can just positively regress even a little bit, we may see an explosive day. So, uh, it, it may actually be a fun game this weekend between the Beagles and bucks with just moving the ball. Now, the Bengals can at least score touchdowns. Joe Burrow's third in the league in passing yards, Brady fourth. So that could actually be a fun game to watch this weekend. Um, I can't believe I was that wrong. I, yeah, I, I was stunned. I actually thought I was going to see him in like the bottom five. And I opened it up. I was like, oh, my gosh. Am I on the right season? I actually had to check to make sure it's still 2022. <laughs> uh, so pitiful touchdown percentage from that Bucks offense. Uh, but we know they're at least moving the ball, putting up yards. And we saw a couple games like against the Steelers, Panthers, where they were just kicking field goals. They're getting getting inside the 30, 40-yard line and just kicking field goals. And, I mean, it was almost like watching the Broncos. They, they couldn't get more than 20 <laughs> points, and someone scores 21, and they lose. So, I I don't know, man. If they could just – honestly, just figure out a way to score touchdowns, and they're probably an actual threat. But until then, they're just in a pathetic division, and they're probably going to win by default. So Because I, I can actually see the Steelers – I think the Steelers beat the Panthers this weekend. We we know can, they, they always yeah. play it tough, you know? I can see it. I mean, speaking speaking of the Broncos, real quick, how about they put up the most points of the, the year last week and they still didn't cover the spread? 
<laughs> they put up 28 points and still lost by six to the Chiefs. Dude, and... What do you think happens with them in the offseason? Oh, God. That's like a, a Give me headache. your gut. Before, before we get to like have... everyone getting fired, give me your gut reaction week 15. I, I have no thoughts. I really like – you got to give me more than the knee jerk. No, no, no. Like, I just – Hackett's got to go, right? You would think Daniel Hackett's yeah. got to go. Probably. Um, you can't abandon Russell Wilson because of the money. I mean, you, I, I, I broke it yeah. down slightly last week. I'll try to find the tweet. Maybe you could retweet it. Um, the breakdown of what they owe him every single year and if they cut him, what they would owe him. And it's like a lose-lose. Um, I still think he's good. I just think this season's just been weird, out of whack. Like, I remember two or three years ago, I was talking about Russell Wilson as like one of the greatest of all time. Like, obviously not top five or ten. Like, but he was so good every year consistently. Yeah. Like, you can't tell me that. I know the scheme is big. Like, we're seeing Geno Smith thrive in the scheme with the Seahawks and Pete Carroll, but you can't tell me that you don't have to have some talent. Like even Gino tells the media, I've always had this talent. I just haven't been given the opportunity. So Russ has talent. They have receivers. Yeah. I think they're all just like, whatever's going on in that locker room, I think is the big issue. I think mm -hmm. Russ has kind of lost his teammates. I think that needs to kind of restructure. Um, but they have the weapons, like they have the talent and I think they. I think it's really just a locker room issue. I think it's a yeah. matter of like we just don't like playing with this guy, and that's kind of on Russell Wilson, who needs to address that as the leader of the team. The head coach is the, or sorry, the quarterback's the extension of the head coach to the players. You're supposed to have a more personal relationship with your quarterback than you are with your head coach uh, on many occasions. So it's like when you're when contacting your quarterback has to go through his agent before he can send you a text message, like. That's a problem. That's at least what I've heard happened in Seattle. So I can't assume. That's, that's what you do to me. <laughs> yeah. That's how I have yeah, to schedule these you. podcasts. <laughs> if you want to schedule me, you're going to have to reach out to my, uh, my agent, but <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Like you can't have that relationship and, and how it worked in Seattle, I think was strictly based off of yeah. Russell Wilson's relationship with Pete Carroll. I think it worked. I think they, mm -hmm. they kind of held that team together and, and now we're seeing it fall apart with a guy like Nathaniel Hackett, who just, can't seem to run a football team, which is not really a shock, but that's, that's first order of business for me. It's like get rid of Hackett and then restructure whatever's going on in the locker room because they have talent. They have a quarterback that still is capable, I believe, um, and a really good defense. So when you thought that adding a quarterback to this team, which was a quarterback away, everyone had really high expectations for them this year. We talked about the crazy statistic. If they scored 17 or 18 points a game, they'd be up, you know, the first team in the AFC or, or whatever it was. Or now I, I guess it would be second to the Chiefs, but um, they'd be up there. And it's crazy to think like that. I mean, looking at their schedule right now, the whole year, it's like every game is within like the 10 to 15 range of points or, or lower. Mm -hmm. So you can't win in a, in, a, in a league like this, scoring only that many points. So. Well, I they hired an offensive of coach, and they've had the worst offense in the league. Like that's that's just inexcusable. But you know, I, I remember I read uh, some stuff from people a lot smarter than me over the summer talking about Nathaniel Hackett's issues when he was, I believe, an interim head coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars years ago about how vanilla the offense was and how much it struggled. 
And, you know, they, they broke it down and, and went, went, went into detail. And I can remember reading that and thinking, yeah, but it, who was there, the talent level on offense? I, Bortles might have still been the quarterback. It was just kind of those things where, like, yeah, it's a good argument, but, you know, we'll see. This this Denver team is too talented to be that bad. Like, mm-hmm. even if they're bad for them, it's going to be mid-pack. And, right. you, you know, to, to, to their credit, they were right. You know, it, it's it was worse than even they, they had suspected. So th- there were some warning signs, and you got to wonder when they were selecting Hackett to be the head coach if what their process would, was like. Did they overlook something like that? Because you know they're examining every little thing. And, yeah. you know, it's it's crazy. I, I think he's he's got to be gone. There's no way they, they keep Hackett around. But it's a real problem over there. I, I want to – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw you off a little bit because I know we're wrapping up here in the last couple minutes. And I actually want to go rapid fire through some of these games because there's a lot we've left untouched. Um, I'm going to kind of just get a a thought from you on uh, each matchup going throughout the week. uh, And, you know, we'll just kind of wrap up the show like that. I'll give a thought on the matchup. I'm going to let you give one. So that way you kind of got time to think about it a little bit. Uh, First off, we normally don't talk about Thursday Night Football, but 49ers Seahawks Brock Purdy has looked really, really good um, and, and quite impressive doing enough. For you, just answer me this, yes or no. Do you think the Niners are still Super Bowl contenders? Yes. Brock Purdy yes. has changed my mind. Yeah. All I right. think if he plays average to slightly below average football, they they can be really good still. Awesome. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if he, if he can be consistent with that because he's looked a lot better than I thought. Mr. Irrelevant, suddenly very relevant. I'm sure everyone's heard that around the sports world a thousand times in the last yeah. few weeks, right? Way to be original, Engle. Colts Vikings. <laughs> Uh, Colts, I think they're they're pretty much done here. Uh, Vikings, um, I can actually see the Colts winning this game. Vikings are showing more chinks in the armor. Yeah, I can see the Colts winning as well, but I think the Vikings need to win to uh, establish a higher seed in the playoffs. Because the, the Cowboy, I mean, I mean, if they win the division, it doesn't really matter. But um, they need to, to to string some wins together to kind of bring that into the playoffs, some some momentum. So I think that's a big game for them actually. Ravens Browns. I think the Browns beat the Ravens. I don't think Tyler Hunt Huntley's getting back to back division wins. What about you? I agree. I think the the Ravens have really snuck out some some close ones the, the last couple of weeks, and I think we've talked about it with the Bengals. We thought the Bengals were going to kind of take over this division, and the Ravens won the last two weeks, which we didn't really expect. I think this might be the week that turns. Must win for the Dolphins. Must win. I just don't think they're going to win. You don't think they're going to win? So if no. the Dolphins if the Dolphins lose, Patch, Chargers, Jets all win. All four of those teams are sitting at eight and six. I think the Dolphins are out of the playoff picture at that point, right? I, I think it comes down, well, obviously the next two weeks. But I think, honestly, I think the playoff picture is going to come down to week 18, Jets, Dolphins in Miami. Okay, so that that could be for that final wild card spot right there. I think that's I think I think that's a great point. So we could have all four of those teams at eight and six, and by out of the playoff picture, I mean if they were to end this week, right, uh, right. I think based off the tiebreaker. So huge game, must win for the Dolphins. But Rob does not think they're going to be able to pull it off. Uh, Bills uh, looking solid as always. They're, they've been uh, the, them and the Chiefs been our top two teams. Uh, we'll Tua, see if they can. Tua looked off. lost last week too. By the way, I don't know if you watched that. That's the last point I'll make. He he was just throwing bombs, and it looked like his eyes were closed. Kind of the two of old we've seen, and, and I was surprised to see that. But that's the last thing I'll say. I think Bills Bills won that game. 
We talked Steelers-Panthers a little bit. I think the Steelers are going to win. We'll jump to Eagles-Bears. Eagles continue to just steamroll. I really just kind of want to see Justin Fields uh, bounce back healthy in this one as the Bears look towards the future. But um, And then you got Chiefs-Texans. Uh, Texans playing Dallas close that week kind of seemed like more of an anomaly. I think yeah. we've talked about that. Dallas just seems to not be able to get up. Any any thoughts on those three matchups? I, I, I know there's not a ton of interest in them overall. No, not necessarily. I think Eagles win by at least 10. Chiefs going to, I think, roll through the Texans. Fal- uh, Steelers, Panthers, I think is important for the Panthers, but I think yeah. the Steelers could easily win that game, especially because the Falcons play the Saints. So if the Saints win that game and the Panthers lose, now you have a three-way tie between the Panthers, Falcons, and the Saints. So if the Panthers win that game, they create a little bit of separation, and then assuming mm-hmm. that the Bucks lose to the Bengals, Panthers will now be tied for first. So there's there's a lot going on in that division this week. And I do think the Saints beat the Falcons. Falcons are starting Des Ritter this week. I, I, I don't think he's it from a quarterback standpoint, but he may be fun to watch just because he's very athletic and can move around. Uh, Cowboys-Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence has been uh, awesome. number one in expected points added the last few weeks. Really incredible. Shout out to our Around the League fantasy team uh, for him carrying us to the playoffs alongside Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lawrence um, has certainly been good for a lot of people, but Dallas. Thoughts on last week, blip on the radar, are you nervous? No, I think Dallas wins this game. I think uh, their defense had an off week last week, a couple injuries, but uh, I think they'll bounce back this week and uh, they'll get a win in Jacksonville. I think I think the, I think think the Trevor Lawrence has turned a corner. I think we're going to now see that quarterback we expected to see out of college. I think he's showing some consistency. Uh, be fun to see them get Calvin Ridley back next year after making that trade with the Falcons. So um, I'm excited for the Jaguars future, but I think Mm -hmm. Cowboys take this one. I think they need to win this one. We talked Lions-Jets quite a bit. Give me a winner for this game. I actually have the Jets winning, ending their losing streak. I got the Jets as well. I think it's it's do or die now or never. I think uh, Mm -hmm. they're going to be fired up. Salah's going to have them fired up. And and Mike White, we've – I like Mike White. I think – if he goes down, we're in trouble because Zach was just named backup today, um, second string over Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco stinks, but I don't want to see Zach Wilson back on the field, to be totally honest with you. Uh, I think if that happens, Jets lose. But if Mike White plays the whole game, I, I have I have a lot of confidence in him. I think uh, Jets win this game. Their defense is, stops the Lions just enough. I think it'll be a close one, but I think Jets win by a score or maybe, uh, yeah, by a score, I'll say. I think I think it's a tight game. I think it's a field goal or less in this one. Uh, Lions actually one and a half point favorites in this one as well. So uh, going to be a good one. Mike White, tough as nails. He's taking some shots. Uh, we Cardinals Broncos. I don't have any thoughts on this game, uh, but we. I don't think Kingsbury makes it out alive either. I think we're looking at two coaches that are gone hmm. in about three weeks. Yeah, so I could you. definitely see it. It's, this game doesn't matter really for anyone's implications. So. I'll, I'll take a pass on it. I mean, if you want me to pick a team, I'll, I'll take the Broncos getting a win this week. Uh, I think it's just two pathetic offensive coaches <laughs> going that are about to lose their jobs. Uh, yeah. Pats, Raiders, that's a pivotal one. Raiders trying desperately to, to stay alive, uh, super inconsistent. Uh, Pats can be inconsistent themselves. I don't have a clear winner on this. I, I lean Patriots just because I don't trust the Raiders at all. 
but this is actually a pretty pivotal one. Like mm-hmm. all those wildcard teams we talked about need the Raiders to keep themselves alive and to stay in this race by beating the Pats and putting them to seven and seven. Titans, Chargers, uh, Titans, I think they're going to cruise uh, with that division win, but they've kind of become the frauds we talked about earlier in the year. Yeah. Um, and we talked quite a bit about Bengals, Bucks. Uh, I'll let you give any thoughts on those matchups and then close it out with Giants, Commanders. Any thoughts on that one? Yeah, I'm actually leaning Raiders in the Raiders-Patriots game. I think uh, Pats had a really good week this past week. I think they're inconsistent. I think that inconsistency will show this week, um, and the Raiders need a win. Titans-Chargers, give me the Chargers. Uh, Love what Herbert is doing. He looked really Mm -hmm. solid last week, looked like a really mature quarterback, moving up in the pocket, making really nice throws. Uh, Mike Williams looks to be back, fully healthy, and, and that's a dangerous offense when they're fully healthy. Uh, Bengals Bucks, give me the Bengals. I'm high on the Bengals, been high on the Bengals all year, and I'll continue to stay high on them, and you know how I feel about the Bucks. Uh, mm-hmm. Giants Commanders, gosh, I hate the NFC East. Um, <laughs> I'll take – man, that's tough. That's, that's really a coin flip for me. I think I'll take, um, I think I'll take the Giants mm-hmm. this week. I think they'll get a win, but I, I don't think either team is very good regardless. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, that's it, man. That was a good, good rapid fire session. We we uh, try to hit on as many teams as uh, possible. Since this is the Around the League podcast. I think that was kind of fun going rapid fire, getting some of those yeah. thoughts on these key matchups. Huge weekend for the playoff race. Rob, thanks as always for joining. You know where you can find us at rosteredmedia.com and at rosteredmedia on all social uh, channels. You can find him at Rob McW24. You can find me at Cody Engel. Thanks for tuning in.